the game. This is Love Set Match. I mean, Andre Agassi had this goal, you don't have to be better than everyone else in the draw when you go out on the court. Like, you have to be better than someone that's across the net. I think you got to stay active in a sport sense, you know, go out there, do some sports. I think it always makes you feel better, maybe more tired in the very moment, but actually the rest of the day feels better. And then I think giving back as well, you know, making other people happy is going to give you a good feeling too. Welcome to Tennis Pal Chronicles, the podcast to feed your passion for all things tennis. This podcast is sponsored by Tennis Pal. Tennis Pal for iPhone and Android is an app for anything tennis. It connects you with other players and coaches to chat with, schedule playtime, and share moments with. Download the app today at TennisPal.com. Hi guys, I'm Philip Kim, also known as the Tennis Pro for the historic Langham Huntington Hotel in sunny Southern California, and it's a joy to have my co-host back in the hot seat again. Welcome back, Valerie Garcia. Hey, Philip. Oh no, I'm in the hot seat. I didn't sign, <laughs> I didn't sign up for this. I'm getting another call. <laughs> How are you? I am doing well. <laughs> I'm very busy, but you know... Uh, Life is good. How are yeah, you? I haven't I, talked to you in weeks. <laughs> it's been weeks, and I know you have been working super long hours at your new job, yes? Correct. And I've also taken on quite a, a farm of animals. So pretty much every waking moment of my life, I'm working, whether it's I'm getting paid or I'm shoveling money out of my own pocket. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. On Facebook, I've been seeing like this incredible... A uh, collection of kittens and uh, and cats, full-grown cats. So, so, wow, you are an animal lover. There's currently 20 animals at my house right now. No, 20. <laughs> I that's, was like, that's 80 paws. Oh my gosh, that is as many grand slams as Roger Federer has. Yes. Oh my god, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> Sadly, that's the first thing I think about. That's and, not uh, sad. That's not sad. That's amazing. That's a yeah. I don't know if you've gift. had time at all, but speaking of Roger Federer, did you see the great video that uh, Barilla put up with him? I didn't. I didn't. Okay. Was it for you his birthday? Uh, it wasn't necessarily for his birthday. I think it came out last week, but uh, it was so cool because you, you remember that viral video of the two Italian girls that were playing tennis on the rooftop and it went worldwide? Yes. So cute, right? They're going back and forth and it was so inspiring. So Barilla actually flew Roger Federer there to meet those girls and they pretended like, of course, that they were just going to do an interview with them to talk about, you know, playing tennis on the rooftop and all of a sudden Roger pops out and they're like in shock and they're going crazy and it's just the best, heart, most heartwarming video. And then he plays tennis with them on the exact same rooftop that he that they had played. And it was, it's actually the first time he's played tennis since his knee surgery, he said. Wow, those are lucky girls. So lucky, right? And they're the cutest girls. You've got to watch their expression. Like when he appears, they're like stunned and they just can't believe it. And they're just having just the best time. And, and then they get to eat yummy Barilla pasta. So it's just like, wow, what a video. It's so nice. heartwarming. Nice. I feel like that video and then the Rafa 
Rafa video with uh, Federer appearing and Rafa not being able to find him on online. Those are like the highlights of my 2020. Oh, nice. <laughs> so at least we have that, right? I mean, everything else is falling apart in 2020, but at least we have that. It's true. I mean, we might have some tennis coming up soon. Oh, so scary. Yeah, well, that's, so that should be interesting. But yeah. thank, God, thank God for social media in the meantime. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm or so animals, glad. Or both. <laughs> or animals. I can't believe you. You are amazing. Uh, I'm so glad to have you back. And especially, as you had mentioned, we get to announce together that Roger Federer's birthday is August the 8th, which is actually tomorrow. And we're going to do a Roger Federer birthday giveaway. It obviously means a lot to me and it becomes very emotional. So emotional always at the very end. Yay! Yay. We're going to give away Roger Federer. Wouldn't that be great? Like To ourselves. <laughs> he is the gift that keeps on giving. That's true. <laughs> yes. Well, um, uh, unfortunately, it's not uh, Roger Federer himself, but I feel like it's a beautiful kind of next best thing. It's the book Federer-esque, which you have a copy of. I do. It's an awesome book. Yeah. Some it, lucky person is going to get that. Some lucky person is going to get, uh, I, they call it the first elegant coffee table book of Roger Federer. Uh, and I feel like it is. It's, it's basically like a fan favorite book all in a pictorial essay of his career, you know, and it just has these beautiful pictures. Uh, it has incredible writing. Uh, Mark Hodgkinson, who is from The Telegraph, a uh, tennis journalist. And uh, I just feel like it's just this beautiful, elegant kind of work of art. It's not just, you know, a tennis book with like how-tos and stuff. It really is like a tribute to the man, to the beauty of his tennis, the beauty of his strokes, um, and his career highlights, right? And what I love also is just all the other players that are quoted in the book talking about what they think of Roger. Yes, it's a, it's a must-have and a must-read for any Roger fan. Yes, and we get to give it away. Thank you so much, team at Federesque, that allowed us to give this book away. So we're going to send it directly to someone who wins this, who listens to our podcast. Thank you. So to enter, all you have to do is just subscribe to our YouTube channel, which is the Love Set Match YouTube channel. And just send us an email at pk at tennispal.com so that I know that you subscribe and send me your profile so that I know who you are like if you use like a wacky tennis girls 83 or something like that right <laughs> I don't know what your YouTube profile is but if you subscribed and then just send me an email that's all you have to do to enter and if you have already subscribed to the YouTube channel thank you so much just send me an email letting me know you already subscribed and what your identity is and thanks for being a subscriber and I'm trying to get over a thousand subscribers and Valerie right now we're at 967 oh, so close that's so close so close so that's all they have to do all they have to do is subscribe to the YouTube channel love set match tennis and send me an email to pk at tennispal.com Yes, and PK is Philip Kim. Yes, P to the K. <laughs> P to the K, yeah. Sometimes, you know, P sounds like T and I don't know what else. <laughs> yeah. Well, you hinted about tennis coming up, and honestly, I just can't believe the U.S. Open is around the corner, and they still haven't canceled it yet. 
Well, I don't see why they would cancel it if if uh, basketball, baseball, hockey, um, other tennis tournaments are going on. I mean, I guess it's international, so that's where the difference is. Right. Global um, players coming from all over. And I just wonder if like they're going to have their you know, uh, their flights, if they can even come into the area. And then I know they'll have to quarantine once they get here. And wow, it's just so much, you know, it's kind of crazy. Whereas like at least basketball, I think they're like in a bubble or something like that, right? Baseball, gosh, what a what a nightmare that has become with COVID the outbreak with the Marlins here in the United States. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I just feel like it's scary, scary, scary. But I just wanted to let you know, Valerie, that I'm, I'm meeting with uh, Rich Nahar of tennis club business newsletter and it's really a an incredible insider look into the world of tennis the industry of tennis all the tennis clubs and he has a lot to say a lot of in-depth views on what's happening at the usta he's talked to the uh, president of the usta often and his thoughts about the u.s open so that's going to be our next podcast i'm actually going to interview him talking about u.s open as kind of a u.s open special report sweet can't wait to hear it yeah, and I think Rich is just this amazing guy. He actually is here in Burbank, and he's been teaching tennis and uh, helping tennis grow in Los Angeles for, for many, many years. So thank you, Rich. So this podcast, Valerie, we are continuing with the awesome uh, IG interviews uh, featuring Novak Djokovic and Maria Sharapova. Did you listen to that one when it came out? We talked about it a little bit. Uh, you know, I cannot even remember. Philip, my brain is fried yeah. And I haven't been on social media in a few weeks. And so yeah. if, it, if it was older than that, I probably saw it and can't remember. Well, and that's the it, thing. That's why I thought it would be so good to capture the audio from these interviews. And, you know, I'm, not a lot of people are going to go back and listen to an Instagram full video of an hour interview. But they might actually listen to it as a podcast while they're like cleaning their yard or you know, taking care of 20 kittens. <laughs> yeah, you know what? A hundred percent. You're right. Cause I love to listen to podcasts while I'm doing stuff around the house, but I can't just have Instagram up like the screen, like I'll get a text and now I can't answer it, you know, or exactly. a phone call. And so, yeah, I'm in a podcast form. It could just be running and then I could pick up where I left off if I get interrupted, which I will. Cause right. it always and happens. Go, so thank you. Thank you. It. What an awesome idea. I love it. Oh, so great. I mean, the content is incredible. Uh, the last one with Stan Wawinka and Novak was I, uh, just incredible to hear their nervousness before a slam and have them talk about that. You know, So if you haven't listened to that one, go back to our last uh, podcast and listen to their a really kind of very intimate personal discussion about how it feels to play a slam, how nervous they get, how they feel about playing Roger Federer and Nadal, you know, how it feels to be at the top. And wow. And and they made fun of each other too. It was such great humor and great camaraderie between them, I thought. Yeah, it's awesome. Well, this episode I think is really special because it's Novak Djokovic and Maria Sharapova. And what I loved about this was Maria really had kind of an open mic to talk about her retirement moment and her plans for the future. And, you know, there wasn't a big kind of fanfare within the tennis world when she retired. She did it pretty quietly. So we didn't really get to hear from her about that. And in this interview, she does talk a lot about it. And I feel like it was really interesting to hear her perspective. And I, I just think the banter between these two is like priceless. I think Maria really like... She 
kind of keeps Novak on his toes. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think so. I, I think I did actually hear this because it's, it's coming back to me that they talk about the commercial where she hit him in the family jewels. In the family jewels, <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> so they, they're both head players, right? And yeah. uh, so they had those really funny commercials and stuff. But yeah, you just get the feeling that at, that Maria just loves to poke at Novak, you know? So maybe a better way to say it is she keeps his feet to the fire because, and he's kind of on the defensive a lot when she's, when, when she's like needling him and stuff. So I just, I love the interaction between them. It, you really feel like Maria wears the pants, you know? Well, there's <laughs> something about a, a date that was bet, right? Right, right. And so right. I think, I think I'm like, was Novak actually on his end, he was, trying to win a date out of her or something right. but it didn't come yeah. so maybe she does wear the pants a little bit and feeling like she has the upper hand <laughs> like maybe he you know had a little thing for her at one point and she was like well she is a little older than him i think too right so she's like the mature older woman yeah <laughs> <laughs> well i love the interaction uh i think it's super great i think you guys are just gonna love this interview and you can listen to it you know in part or in whole and and resource it back and just kind of hear these two uh, professional tennis players who really were at the top of their game um, at different parts of their life and just hear how they talked about what they thought of their career. So let's jump right into it, Valerie, with this great interview with Novak Djokovic, world number one, and Maria Sharapova, Grand Slam champion. Awesome. Let's hear it. Hey, everybody. Just waiting for more people to join so we can uh, start <coughs> today's exciting uh, event that is ahead of us. Uh, we're going to have a special conversation with a special person. Uh, for all of you joining in now, thanks for coming in. Um, obviously, I'm super excited to speak to Maria. You guys seen the <clears throat> the post that we did, uh, kind of announcement of today's conversation. I've never done this live with her. We did some really funny commercials um, with our record sponsor head that we are going to actually talk about a bit later on in the conversation. But we've never done a live and um, I'm really, really excited about it. I'm looking forward to it. She's um, one of the most successful tennis player of all time, definitely one of the, the most successful brands in all sports, both men and women of all time. Um, she's, a, she's a very special person, someone that I've known for many, many years, and uh, I'm, I'm glad to call her a friend. So uh, thanks for joining in, and I would like to invite Maria now. I think she's, um, she's here on the chat. I'm going to invite her to come to uh, this live. Let me just, uh, let me just look for her message. Um, <clears throat> still trying to get used to the, the Instagram lives. I do apologize if, uh, if there are any uh, mistakes being done from my side. You know, we had some interruptions uh, uh, in the past uh, lives that we've done. Hopefully today it will be all fine. Um, give me a sec. Let me see. Go live with. I'm just going to have a look right now. 
right there. Okay, so she's here. We're waiting for her to join. <clears throat> there she is. <laughs> Hi. Hi, Maria. Happy Tuesday. Happy Wednesday. Is it Tuesday? Thursday. Yes, happy Tuesday. Yeah, you you Who are knows? the opposite side of the world, aren't you? I'm on the opposite side of the world in, in beautiful, sunny California. That's wonderful. That's one. Thank you, Maria. Thank you for, uh, for this conversation. I'm really of glad we have a chance to, to talk. And uh, I was saying before I invited you in that this is the first time that we're going to do something like this. We have done some funny ads for uh, our record sponsor head we can uh, talk about that a little bit and uh, yeah the, the i think the last one we did i hit you in the balls so i <laughs> like to want to make sure that exactly. uh, you've won a few grand slams since since then so maybe we should like do a repeat I think it's worked exactly, out quite well for you. Exactly. Um, well, after that, I got the I got the new balls, so then then everything worked out in the end. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh it. my god! Oh, that's that's a super good memory. I got so many questions. I know we we yeah. both filled out. Um, we did a little square in our Instagram story and asked people to send in questions. Yes. And I think like half half of the people asked how we how we first got to know each other and. My first memory that comes to mind is really funny, so I wanted to share it. <laughs> yes, be before you share it, uh, Maria, if you don't mind, I'm just going to um, switch off the, the, the comments here. I'm going to turn it off uh, so that we can focus on each other now. And then, of course, later on, just before we, we finish the conversation, we're going to obviously have people who are now live asking us questions. Perfect. Please go ahead. Sounds good. Yeah, so I remember we um, we played this little exhibition, um, and this is like I was young. I mean, you were young way before you had. I mean, any Grand Slam titles, or I don't know if you've even won a tournament at at that point. But we played this little exhibition at La Quinta in Indian yes. Wells. Do you remember that? <laughs> and I think we're playing a, a mixed doubles against each other. And you said that if you'd win, I would have to pay dinner. And I was like, okay, whatever. Who is this kid? And you won. <laughs> and you're like, we have dinner tonight. We're going to the Japanese place. And I was like, are you serious? You, were you and me going to dinner tonight? Yeah. And I, so we did. We ended up going to dinner. And it was so funny because you pulled out, I think it was like an old Kodak camera. And you asked the waiter to take a photo of us. And I was like, this, this yeah. feels like, like I auctioned off myself to a dinner. <laughs> yeah. That's, well, that's, and, that's and here we are. That's actually, that's actually what happened. Um, Maria is saying the truth, right? Um, I, um, yeah. I think, uh, I think, I, I, I think you were fanboying. Do you? You had a exactly. fanboy moment. <laughs> <laughs> do you recall who we played with that day no no, no all I, I don't remember oh. anything about that i just well, remember going to that okay. dinner and this like old school camera comes in the waiters like you want a picture of you two and you're like yeah 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 it's for it's great memory it was a really good memory <laughs> oh by the way i lost i lost that camera so there goes my uh first photo you don't have that that would be a really nice um, to share but, Yes, well, well, you have to you have to admit to everyone here that you lost on purpose. 
that makes doubles match. Ah, oh, right, right, right. Okay, I got it. I got it. I got it. What's up with that? What's up with that artwork behind you? Yeah, it's a nice art, isn't it? Is it? I don't know. I'm trying to. Yeah, I know. It I know out. you're. I know you love art. So is yeah. this is, is this your style, or you like more contemporary? I love contemporary art. I love like I love art that in which you can't make sense of. So you you make a you make its story and and you story tell through what you make of it rather than it showing you what it is. I like the mystery of art. Um, but you yeah, like I, I to, to like to kind of find the the secret code in it and kind of inspires you to think yeah. deeply about. Yeah, I think art. Well, I think art uh, in general it makes. It should make you happy or it should like provoke some sort of feeling or remind you of a time, you know, like for mm -hmm. me, what some like art for me were kind of incremental in my collection because it, it, I guess, signified like the time or a certain maybe a victory or a time I was going through, um, you know, to still be able to look at it and feel like, oh, okay, that, that memory comes back and, and recollection. I know a lot of people buy art like as an investment, but I've always seen it as a hobby and something that I do you do you also do you do you paint yourself? Oh no. <laughs> no. I'll leave that. You probably paint with your children, huh? Yes. Yes, I do a lot of that uh on a daily basis, but uh no, I'm just wondering because obviously I mean I I know because I've been uh, following you've been you've been sharing on Instagram, especially you know uh, your connection and your admiration to the contemporary art. So it was it was uh, it was interesting to hear you speak about it, and I was kind of wondered whether you're doing arts yourself and whether you have aspirations to actually do it yourself. I actually uh, I'm really interested. Um, part of this whole new retirement thing. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever that really is, <laughs> is like, is exploring and really and and having the time and dedicating the time to working like on my future. And I think one of the things that I've learned and I've taken away from like my chapter one point zero was that it took so many years to like to build the foundation and the ground and and the fundamentals. Um, and that took, you know, years, like from when we were both very young and like day in, day out. And it was done like without anyone, without crowds, without people, without recognition. And so, you know, although like a large part of me is is ready to go and is ready to work and is, is ready to achieve new things, I also know that I'm kind of new. And no matter what I've set up so far while I was playing, um, a lot of that will take time to develop and that's, you know, within my own space and, you know, within um, like great guidance and great people and, you know, hopefully in some years it will evolve into something stronger. But like architecture, for example, is is a form of art that I've always been interested in. I, I built my home a few years and Wonderful. I'm currently working on a few like health and wellness sporting facilities. Um, first one we started working in is actually in Los Angeles. So yeah, so that's that's a little bit part Great. part of the art art world. So so the, the we spoke about uh, about this uh, uh, yesterday on on the phone when we were talking about like things that we're going to talk about in this live. 
And 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 you. I, know, and I, I, I wanted I, to make sure there's like no questions that I ask you that you're like, what? <laughs> I'm not prepared for this. <laughs> but you said you said anything goes, so beware. Exactly. Same here. Um, I wanted to I wanted to um, actually know more about your uh, transition because you you know you talk about the the retirement that was obviously not a while ago and. Um, yeah. And I, I uh, you know, we, we didn't really speak uh, uh, since, you, since you retired from professional tennis, but it did strike me and I have an impression that, that you have probably one of the smoothest transitions um, out there from, from all the tennis players, both men and women that I've followed over the years. And because, I, you know, obviously observing your life and development and building of your brand, um, and everything that you've uh, accomplished, not just on the tennis court, but also off the tennis court throughout your career, it, it kind of prepared you for your post-tennis life. I mean, that's at least how, how it appears to be. So how's that mm. transition going for you right now? Well, I, I'd say the transition has been different than what I thought it would be because of, of what we're all facing, like the challenges, like, mentally that we're all facing in, in today's environment um you know like one thing I, I previously just mentioned was how I was really like despite you know finishing something that was a huge part of my career I was like really motivated for what's to come and, and ready to go and you know I, I certainly had some ideas but I don't know transition Yes, I've built an amazing base. You know, I had many interests um, from the court. Like in, in my spare time, I utilized that time really well. You know, I, I built really good um, networks and relationships with, with people and, and companies and, you know, my, my interest in business and in technology and investments um, and architecture and art. And, and I've tried to, you know, learn a little bit as much as I could while I was on the road, which was you know, really difficult. And I was ready to, I think because I was, I mean, to be honest, I was very stubborn in the last couple of years with, with my body. Like I really thought that, as you know, when we face a challenge, like our persistence has like mm -hmm. been one of our greatest strengths. And, and I think I believe in both of our careers, like no matter what is in front of us, we, we know that this is just a hurdle and we get through it. And I think I struggled a lot with it because I just kept thinking that it was a hurdle that I could pass and I could get better. And, you know, and I was seeking everything I could. Arriving on the match court and it was no longer like winning the match and the feeling of like that victory that I, um, you know, that I had an opponent across the net and I was able to like win the match point. So for me, it's somewhat of a, a, it's been somewhat of like a transitional relief that I'm not putting my body through that anymore, you know, and like, it's funny, I've spent the like the last six, seven weeks with my um, being in a home with my family. So my parents are here and, and boy, it's, you know, it's, it's entertaining because so much of the past <laughs> in your history, I mean, entertaining is a nice word. But like my dad sometimes asks me, we're having dinner. He's like, you're, be, you you're being very politically correct here. I am. Um, they're great. Um, but they're, you know, my dad said to me, he's like, do you like not want to go out like, to the private court and like hit a few balls? And I was like, no, no. <laughs> well, what? what? 
No, I, I forgot. Every morning I wake up and I do like a form of exercise and a workout where I, you know, I push myself. Like last night at the end, I had, you know, a lot of calls and um, I don't know, it was just before dinner, but I was like, I, I haven't done something for myself and my body. So I went in the basement and I, we have this indoor um, stationary bike. And I was on there for like an hour at like 172 heart rate. And I'm like, what? Why? Why am I doing this? You know? <laughs> but it's like, it's, there's some things that are still like part of me and that I, I, I really want that, that I carry like through in, in like this transition and, and some of it I'm ready to let go. But, but yeah, I, I was ready for the transition and I think I've set up a really good, a really good base for myself. So I can look back at that and, and feel like I'm I'm proud of, you know, although, as you know, my focus so much of my life was to tennis. It was also nice to work on other projects and, you know, be part of other things like our, our head commercials and like creative things. So, yeah, definitely. How has, no, how has been, how have you been at home? How is uh, family time and um, Good. how's that going? Are you cooking? Are you, or is Elena just cooking all day long? Uh, so we are. We are very fortunate. We have. Um, we have some days we have chef, and some days we're cooking ourselves as a family. Uh, I must admit that um, uh, my wife uh, does more cooking than me. Um, I'm more of a breakfast brekkie kind of, as they like to say in Australia, right. kind of person. Um, I like to, to, to make like juices, smoothies, like uh, breakfast bowls, those types of things, right. uh, avocado on toast and stuff like this with tomato. Um, but uh, we, we have been spending a lot of quality time with each other. And I think, uh, you know, <clears throat> you, you mentioned a little bit the kind of a, a mental challenges that we all face, not just athletes, but everyone on this planet that is affected by, by the virus. And this quarantine at the beginning was, um, I think, creating a, a, quite an anxiety in me because um, not because of the fact that I, that I did not uh, have access to the tennis court, but just because of the uncertainty of, you know, when does the, the season yeah. continue and, and yeah. what is going to happen. So... So that, that's, I think, I think you would agree that as an athlete, particularly, I think, in, in all areas of life, but particularly in tennis, you just feel like you need to know what your calendar looks like. You need to know to have some clarity because then you set, set your days up in a certain way yeah, that will allow you to distribute the energy in a specific way, especially being a father and having a family you know, obviously you have to, um, I have to be quite precise, I think, with my routines and, and what I mm. do because I, I, I you know, I, I know that sometimes I have to go out from the comfort zone of not doing specifically things that I'm doing when I'm without my family on the tour, for example, that I have more Wait, time. what is defined out of your com comfort zone? I want to know no. what out of your comfort zone well, means. 
yeah, that's that's a good question because what is the comfort zone in the end of the day? You know, I think uh, it's 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 maybe a philosophical question or or answer. Uh oh, I think we're not I we're think... not gonna start. We're not gonna no, start no, we're hugging. Not, we're not gonna go. We're not back. gonna start <laughs> hugging trees, right? Because <laughs> no, I'm not. No, we, we, I'm we, not we, ready uh, for that. I know I live no, in no. California and everything, but we're not hugging trees on this one. Uh, by the way, have you been to uh, Josh Joshua Park, Joshua Tree Park? I haven't, but it's on my list, and I, I've wanted to go um, now, but it's closed. So, have you? You should. You should. It's an amazing place. Yes, I have. A few years ago, good, it's like one of the trees. places that I've, I've seen. Oh, amazing trees, amazing uh, nature, landscapes, everything. But let's go back to uh, the, the, the other okay, part back. of the comfort zone that I wanted to respond to. Okay. Um, <laughs> back to cooking at home um no the reason the reason i, was, I asked I was... you the reason yeah. i asked you about cooking is because i remember yeah. growing up and i was in my um already when i had started playing a little bit of tennis i was you know my grandmother was very much part of our, our family and she would cook all the meals for us and i would and I would go in the kitchen and I would ask her like, oh, this was so good. Like, can you give me the recipe so when I'm older, I can cook this? And she said, she would never give me the recipes because she told me, she's like, I do not want you in the kitchen when you're older. And I was like, this doesn't make any sense. <laughs> but now I'm, I'm every day I tell you when I'm emptying and putting in the, the dishes in the dishwasher, I'm thinking of her. <laughs> I'm like, God, these, these men, they eat so much food. <laughs> a lot <laughs> yeah day. i know no well, breakfast lunch dinner you know snacks tea time hey we need strength you know you do need we strength need, we need we need muscles to uh to move stuff around the house right move tables chairs beds and stuff that's where we are i think oh, okay uh, most what beds are you with. moving <laughs> <laughs> But how are you? Um, are you maintaining? Are you maintaining a good diet like throughout this time? I, I, yes. Well, I am. You know, I don't. Um, I, I am one of these people that really doesn't have problem with gaining weight. In contrary, I have a, a other problem. I have problem Check. with losing weight. So I have to, uh, you know, um, stay so so to say up to speed with. Uh, with my nutrition, but at the same time with exercise and everything. And look, you know, the, what I was referring to, you know, it's been now more than two months and we're in a country that uh, right now we're in Spain, which is, has one of the, the worst circumstances like Corona numbers and everything uh, right. from all the countries in Europe and in the world actually. And so we've been locked, uh, locked down for 24, 24 seven for two months. So we've been fortunate to have uh, in, in the house where we're staying at the moment uh, to have a, a swimming pool, to have a garden, have a little gym so we could work out and, and, right. and kind of stay, stay fit. And, um, and it's interesting that you were saying, because I was looking at some of your, your videos and on Instagram of you doing your, your home gym uh, training. And, um, and, it's, and it's really like, when you're an athlete and when you're used to these things, it's, 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 it's such an integral part of your day that it's, it's yeah. almost impossible to, to not to, to think about a days that where you're not doing something, even if it's like a stretching, yoga, whatever it is. Um, and so I've been, I've been trying to do that. And but there be, there's been some days where, where, um, where you just, I haven't done much of, of, of 
activity, physical activity at all. And that's fine, you know what I mean? Because in the end of the day, we have to slow down. And I think this whole thing that is happening on a brighter side allowed us to have time to reflect on ourselves and our lives, really mm. understand, you know, how we want to move forward because we don't, we don't know what's going to happen, what are the ramifications of, of coronavirus on the tennis world. Um, but what we can do is we can, we can uh, encourage ourselves to kind of take matters in our own hands and really try to, I don't know, learn new skills um, and, and work on, on ourselves on, on every aspect of our being and, and do some things that, that attract us that are kind of our hobbies and our desires mm -hmm. we've really never had time to do it. So what are, what know. are those for you currently? What are the hobbies that you're like, what are your, what are your interests? What are you trying to like improve or, you know, what are you yeah. learning about? Well, I, uh, like yourself, if, if I'm not mistaken, I, uh, I have a very large interest in the world of health, wellness, and well-being. Um, so I've been uh, reading, um, uh, watching, learning a lot from some of the people in the industry that uh, I consider as kind of my mentors. And uh, I, because it's so closely related to the tennis and the professional sport that, that I'm part of, so it's, 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 it's much easier for me to be in tune with my body and to understand, you know, when I read something, to actually apply it in my life and to right. try it on on my own body. And uh, so I've been spending a lot of time in, in you know, reading and learning about new things in, in relation to uh, health, to metabolic functions, to... Uh, mental health, uh, spiritual health, and all the different things. It's kind of, it, it's really, I mean, I, it's really admirable to, to watch you like gain this interest throughout the years because I will say it, and, and you probably admit to it, but in the beginning of your career, like you struggled so much with your body and the, yes. like the, the length of matches. I remember, you know, watching you on the clay and all the cramping and being like, are you ever going to get your shit together? Um, yeah. And like to see you like make a, a transformation, you know, like what I loved about the sport is we really didn't have to, like, although we, we had to talk before every tournament and after every single match, like our game and our results always did the talking for us. Yes. And I don't know about you, but like, that's what I, as I look like to the future and as I think of my hobbies and I think of my interests, I always think of not necessarily like result oriented situations but i want to work on things in which i don't have to really explain myself but in in which that i really like apply myself and that i show my skill yeah. and my knowledge and ability and that i i do it like i guess in a humble manner that i because what the sport teaches you is like to be humble you know you you go out on the court and you you go through these like waves of emotions, these ups and downs, and, and you lose you know, eight points in a row. And so how do you get yourself together in front of thousands of people? And you have to do it without speaking. You have to showcase it. So, you know, it's, it's interesting that you've, I mean, I've really like admired that you've, you've taken like all the, the weak weaknesses in the beginning of your career and you applied facts and you applied knowledge and, I mean, I, I consider it like a transformation, you know, and you're still like looking for more. Yeah. Well, I think, I mean, thank you for, for your kind words. Of course, I, I do 
uh, I do feel like it goes both ways. I mean, I've been, you know, seeing and uh, and also empathizing with 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 what you've been going through, especially in the last couple of years of your career with the shoulder surgeries, struggles, and uh, you know every every everything that you had to overcome and that you had to face in order to actually give yourself a chance to be back and play on a big stage. So I can only imagine the the the, the difficulty of really and and uncertain in a way like you want to compete you want to be out there but at the same time you know your body doesn't allow you to you know Mm -hmm. so so i think i think you know in my case i've been always um trying to really be conscious of this holistic approach to life and to my own body because of course we all want to win a tennis match when we go out there but what we do before we walk out on that court um, determines uh, determines in a very high percentage the outcome yes. of the match. So right. I, I, I try to be I try to upgrade the I guess uh, knowledge of, of of self and the things that I can conduct myself with that can maybe improve my health, my recovery, uh, right. my ability to to think clearer, to be more concentrated, to 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 slide better in those things, and to to endure. Because you know we have we have longest longest season of all sports is in tennis. We have 10, 11 months a year nonstop, and it's 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 a lot of wear and tear on the body. Um, so how is it? Uh, you know, one of the few for you when it when it you know when it comes to the wear. Sorry, I, the, it broke up a little bit. I would say like, yeah, you've definitely chosen the the route that is somewhat of a you know not the one that everyone would would take like you've taken and i think that's a big risk like you've taken the route that is you felt was personal to you that catered to you and your needs and and the way that you felt and you went against kind of and you continue to do so to push like against the norm of what like what is normal like through your diet i mean that you were kind of one of the the first few that you know spoke about how this transition in your diet um you know really helped like your body like maintain you know, it's a, it's ability to withstand these these long matches and then the physicality of seven matches in a two week time period at a Grand Slam. And, you know, you're very vocal about it. And I think it definitely I mean, not like that I'm at a, at a level that you are, but I think it's it's made us realize as athletes on all across the spectrum how how important that really is. And not all of us can be that disciplined. I mean, look, I come home and I'm like, I want a chocolate bar. And I have this chocolate bar, you know, I, I'm, or I want like this big size ice cream in the off season. Like I will have it, <laughs> you know, you, <laughs> which leads me to say, like, yeah, when you I wanna... do, ha- I do have my guilt pleasures as well, you know, like, what? and I, I... Some dandelion root with a sprinkle of uh, peach compote. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> you know, I, I uh, no, I, do, do I do love ice cream. I'm kind of, I'm kind of uh, weak on ice cream. Okay, okay. So you have some dairy. Like, what was when you last had like a big? Um, victory which was like very recent but what like what did you indulge in or how did what was your biggest celebration i i'd say in terms of food yeah oh food and everything alcohol i don't know (laughs) 
No, I uh, I'm, I'm not big on alcohol at all. I don't I don't drink for many years. Although I saw that uh, one of the one of um, the messages that uh, the, sorry the questions that you got from one of the people and you 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 actually posted on your uh, Instagram stories was whether whether were you ever playing hangover uh, a tennis match was that a question yes that was a question we can both answer it if you want yeah you go ahead first okay ladies first no i will say i've never been i've, I've never been drunk going into a match or like hungovers well definitely not drunk <laughs> <laughs> wait let me let me back up for a second no i've definitely never been hungover i i'd say the one match where I, I didn't, sl I only slept like three hours was um, not because of alcohol, but I, I don't know what, I, something was like happening off the court and I, I barely got any sleep. It was the final before um, a, a Rome, the Rome tournament and I was playing uh, Carlos Suarez Navarro. Mm -hmm. and I don't know how I managed to win that match in three sets, but I remember like if this is what it feels to be hungover playing a match, like... I never want to be in this position. And you can see, like, when I win the match, I'm just so relieved that it's over, win or lose, because I'm just I'm completely deflated. Yeah. Well, uh, I've, I am also going to say that I've never experienced that on the court myself. I've never been, I think, that oh, that, That's so boring. But, the, the, they wanted, like, a juicy answer. But, but no, no, but, but wait, wait a second. I'm coming. I'm coming there to the point. Um, uh, but I have, um, I've had uh, uh, crazy nights during the Davis Cup uh, weekends. Um, yeah. And I have been hungover watching other guys play and uh, then talking to knowing, them. Knowing that you were not, not going to play during that weekend or knowing there's a chance you could potentially play, but you still took the risk of being hungover? Uh, <laughs> knowing that there is no chance for me to play. <laughs> okay. Um, I don't know. You, you hesitated on that one. No, 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 no. I just remembered. I just remembered. I did play. One doubles match, um, Dave, the doubles match, Davis Cup, Sweden. Yes, we were okay. too, too love up. We were too love up. Uh, Soderling and top guys didn't play for Sweden. And uh, I, I came back off the Wimbledon victory. It was the first Wimbledon win. I became number one. It was 2011. It was like the, the, all my dreams came true. And I traveled like literally the next day from London to Sweden to take part in quarterfinals of Davis Cup. And I was in the team. I was, um, I was saying that I don't want to be part of uh, any official matches. But I don't know how I ended up playing the doubles match. And I, uh, I wasn't seeing the ball very clearly. Let's keep it to that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh you know, boy! I oh, guess it boy. happens. You know, it ha at least it's doubles, so I have a justification for, um, you know, for for doing it in doubles, even though it's not fair towards the doubles guys. But still, was in doubles. You know. Oh, that's great! <laughs> oh, memories, so but got... not anymore, huh? No, 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 no. I, I'm not. Uh, 
I'm not good with alcohol at all. Uh, glass of wine occasionally, yes. Red wine, no white wine. Um, I would, you know, I would not have. Um, I don't know. You asked me what what was the like biggest celebration in terms yeah, of yeah. What food? was the biggest uh, celebration was, you've ever had? There was some cakes, you know, some cakes around there, um, like dairy and stuff that I that I usually don't eat and don't consume. Um, and oh, that's really one... that's really risky for for all for the viewership. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, oh. <laughs> You're putting me on the spot here, but I, I'm weak. I'm weak on my. I'm weak on my mom's. My mom's cuisine. My mom's desserts. So when my mom prepares a, a cake that is uh, made with the original ingredients and original recipe that in you know includes dairy and the, you know regular sugar and all these things, I, I'm not asking questions. I'm just like you. Just you go for it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Why don't we pivot to mindset? Yes. Well, um, I would, uh, I would, uh, um, before it's a, it's the a very easy transition from, from yeah. alcohol and very dairy hard, very hard to transition from one thing to another. To but, mindset. Um, okay. Let's, let's go to a mindset and mental strength. Like, um, so I'm, I, I was always, uh, uh, amazed with the level of intensity that you bring out on the court, not just on the court, but also off the court. Like I, 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 we've known each other now for, for a while, I mean, over 15 years. And, um, and I know, I know, I don't want to say the real Maria, but I know the other Maria that most of the people don't see uh, on the court or off the court within the, the premises of tennis facilities. Um, so how did you manage to keep that level of intensity consistently throughout your career. Like once you step onto the tennis club, it's game face on, that's it. And I'm just sticking to it. Yeah. I think a few things. I think when I was, a lot of it um, comes from like your beginnings and you know, my, my during the time when I like, came to and moved to the United States, I was always like the odd one out. I was when it was a group, um, when it was you know the tennis classes. I was always like this kind of like the duckling that would be you know in her own little world. You know, I was very skinny and frail, and I didn't have the best English at the time. So, but I was good, and I and I had this like I had this potential, and I think. I realized that this was like not when I would go onto the court, it wasn't necessarily a territory for friendship. It was like what I was meant to be doing. And I got this opportunity to, to get there and, and I wanted to really like focus. And I think the, the, the focus and the concentration, especially when I was young, like that was something that I, it was an asset that I think came to me like more naturally than other kids. And, and I realized that, through this focus and, and through this, this concentration day in, day out, that I utilize it so much better to my advantage than other people. Mm. And, I, and I compensated for like the lack of maybe my physicality or, you know, the, the lack of like supernatural talent. Um, you know, I was I, like, I had great strokes and I had a big serve when I was younger and I used, you know, I used my weapons really well. 
Um, but I had to work like I, it didn't come naturally to me. Like it came with a lot of work. So I think I, I carried that, that feeling that it wasn't coming easy to me. And that I constantly had to be like on this edge and, and wearing like horse blinders on mm. from a very young age. And, and I took it with me to when I turned professional and, you know, after winning a first grand slam, when you get, when you're torn, torn into uh, like scenarios that are so out of your control, um, it was really like to be in this single linear path was really my, I felt like it was my, my only chance to continue being great at what I was great at. Um, and so like, I would, you know, every coach that I, I've had, like they would know when it's a, when it's match day and we get in the car from the hotel like the Maria that closes the door in the car is very different to Maria that, you know, they see when we're doing a practice week, Yeah, you know, or the week before when we're practicing, like I get in a car before the match. I'm like, I've got my headphones on, you know, you don't, no one talks. <laughs> I'm thinking <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm, I'm visualizing what, how um, I see things, uh, game plan, um, how I'm feeling, um, you know, the nerves and the pressures, how I'm handling them. And also it's, it, it's, it's like you and it's your personality. It's who you, you know, we're, we're entertainers, right? So part of that was also like this, this shield and this character of mine that I carried on the court. Um, and yeah, and I just kind of kept going with it. And that's who, that's who you got. And I never, you know, as I look back, I never pretended to be someone who I wasn't. Right. Those were all like qualities that I that made up Maria. They weren't like qualities that I saw along the way and that I picked up and that I was like, OK, now I'm I'm going to try this. Like it was like that from day one. And so yeah. at least I was consistent with it. <laughs> <laughs> you certainly you certainly was. Uh, but yeah, I was, was... I, was, I was very consistent. But, um, you know, I, I what I. I think what's also interesting for like for everyone that's on and listening to this is to understand because even though like mindset was and is like a greatest strength, I think what's interesting is learning how sometimes like we were able to get it back when when it wasn't in our favor or when it was when we felt like it was lagging. And I'd love to like hear your perspective on what you would do to help bring it back, you know, when, when you needed it, when it wasn't natural. Yeah, that's a great question. I think that recovery, basically, in mental, emotional sense, is, is something that um, I feel I have personally uh, worked on a lot. I've dedicated a lot of attention in my mental training to, you know, to, to be able to recover um, quickly from um, being down on myself, being down on life in general, whatever it is, being in a negative state of mind and experiencing emotions like, um, you know, disappointment, anger, fear, whatever yeah. it is, and, and being able to transform that very quickly back to the homeostasis, you know, back to the, 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 the balance on, on being mm. uh, confident in myself on the court, and, and bringing that self-belief that actually is necessary, as you know, to, to, to manage to, to be successful in what you do, not just on the court, but off the court as well. And 
obviously when you are on the court, like for example, for me, um, <clears throat> right now, tennis, uh, uh, you know, it, it was different in the first part of my career. Obviously, it was mostly about winning, about achieving goals, uh, also very, very um, dedicated to that purpose, uh, hard training, hard work, just raw strength and power towards the, the achievements. But um, now, like in the last probably four or five years, um, you know, I've realized also becoming a father that has, you know, awakened yeah. some dimensions of myself that I've never really knew that they're there. Uh, and, and I think um, the tennis right now represents uh, a battlefield and also uh, um, a school of life for me because yeah. uh, on the tennis court, I get trigger, triggered like nowhere else in, in my life. Um, and, and I'm sure you can, you can identify, you can like yes. correlate to that, right? Um, yes, and, uh, except I think I did a better job of hiding it than you. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. So for all the, all the young tennis players and athletes out there listening, do not watch my uh, videos when I'm breaking rackets. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, but, you know how sometimes I did. You know, I did have a lot of these outbursts um, uh, and, and 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 emotional kind of breakdowns, and I still have them. You know, on the court, I think I have them less, but I still, you know, throw a racket. I still scream. I still, you know, and then I understand that, you know, I think once I made the distinction between and difference between like my behavior and myself, who I truly am. That's when I felt like it's easier for me to accept that I'm going through these stages, that, I'm, that I have flaws, that I make right. mistakes, and that I'm going to feel this way because it's a super high intensity. Um, you know, there's a lot of pressure. You're by yourself, nowhere to hide. So, you know, you, you, you either win or you lose. It's all up to you, right? right. So experiencing all these emotions um, sometimes gets the worst out of me. But then at the same time, I think what the, the, the mental training of focusing on the recovery of first, I think, accepting, okay, this is, mm -hmm. this is it. I can't turn back the time and change what I've done. Uh, and I'm not proud of it. But at the same time, I accept it. And I try to just channel whatever energy that I have into the positive and constructive things for me to be able to win a tennis match, for example, or just to be a better human being in general i have to say that sounds that all sounds really great like like i'm speaking to a guru <laughs> <laughs> so how, how what is your process what is your process um yeah i would say i think i rely like i i i, I never like mind showing my like my weaknesses in front of, I was very comfortable. It's so funny because I was, I was so, ex we're all so exposed, but yet in like a world where you're so exposed, I always felt like really comfortable showing like, like the truth and weakness and the, the, the things that are like, just that, I don't know, that are part of our characteristics and flaws that are maybe, you know, Okay, they're not perfect, but they're they're who we are. And I will say that because, you know, and, and especially in, in women's tennis and the, like the, the ups and downs that 
the momentum switches that like I felt would go during a match. I knew that like anything could happen at any time. And I, and I really like believed that I was mentally tougher than, than my opponent. It wasn't like I was telling myself that and I was talking myself into it. I really like, I, I grew up with that belief because it was, it, it, it felt like my weapon. And so I think there are definitely moments where, you know, I would give my, like, my coaches looks, you know, they'd be like the Maria look, mm. you know, and I would, and, and there were definitely moments and, and months at a time where things weren't working during a match. And it was like, you know, you put your attention to, to the other, to your team and your people, yeah. and you try to find answers from them. And, and it was like this, this, I don't know what that, what, what you would call it, but it's for me, it's kind of like this act, you know, of it's not me, it's you, you know, in this relationship. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Sure. Sure. Um, but I, I feel like I, I kept it together all right, but because of like the, the momentum changes in the game, I, I knew that if I was just a little bit more patient, and like I could persevere not playing my best tennis and and that and it felt like a game to me and I I liked that game because I felt like I was better at that game yeah yeah it's interesting because I mean your your also your journey of you know going to United States when you were very young and um you know going to a complete unknown uh, territory and really being forced in a way by life to dig deep. I think I can co- I can I can relate to that because um, I, I did also come from you know a country that did go through a lot of difficult circumstances and 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 hard time hard times during nineties. So I, I understand that maybe coming from literally nothing in a way uh and 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 trying to create something really gives you this humility and it gives you also humbleness and really it also brings you to the center really quickly as you as you said when 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 we when you talked to uh, talked uh, about yourself and your your game face when you arrived to the tennis and 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 you were saying like you know you get a chance you want to put all your focus onto that and not really be ungrateful for that opportunity mm. to compete. So I think that's a very powerful message because, you know, many times we take things for granted. And I mean, it happens to me. I, you know, I try to be conscious of, of, of every moment, but, you know, a lot of times I get, I catch myself like, Hey, you know, like, yeah, wake you know, up. remember, remember where you're coming from. Remember who yeah. you are, remember what's going on and be grateful. Do you There's sometimes, so I, I notice when you're sometimes, well, actually I, I do this sometimes too when I was playing, but there are matches when you win that are actually like meaningful, but, but our reaction is, is kind of like subdued. Yeah. Right. And then there are others, other, you know, situations and matches where we're like, we're so excited and, and we're in full yeah. celebration. What do you think? Like, what do you attribute that to? Well, I think it's uh, uh, individual cases. To be honest, I think sometimes there's just uh, uh, an uh, an element of you not feeling your best. Maybe at, at the, on the court that day, maybe you're not feeling the ball well. 
maybe you're feeling like the the opponent is outplaying you and then you know all that intensity all that um feeling of being uncomfortable in your skin on that day uh, uh you know just raises the intensity and and uh, and the level of stress in a way and you kind of feel like you want to channel it out you feel like you want to scream it out you feel like you know you feel like in a way uh, you you just want to get that over with and you want to you feel right. like you're fighting your your heart out in a match that maybe you should routinely win in straight sets right, right? so i think there's there's an element to that that maybe it's conditions as well you know sometimes who likes to play on a windy day you know or is it extremely hot or whatever it is sometimes mm-hmm. maybe it's the crowd or uh, it's that you're you're allowing some other uh, uh, factors from outside the distractions to get you uh, to you know to put you out of the out of the focus and out of the that that comfort zone so to say if, if something like that exists but I also feel like sometimes it's, it's, it's also opponent across the net whether whether he or she is playing really well whether you know you 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 don't like each other so much i don't know right. there, there are various things that i think affect that we could talk about that if you want to it would make for really juicy um highlights <laughs> you, you i see you i see what your intention is here you're looking for some juicy topics and um some um you know, what can i say uh, yeah you know me I'm, I'm i'm all about the juicy topics <laughs> But I want to make sure that we get some of these. I wrote yes. down a few um, uh, fan questions because yes. I want to make sure let's, that let's we... Let's do that and I have a question for you later on after and then we can move okay. to the fans' questions. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So someone asked, what superpower would you have and why? Uh, I think uh, teleportation because I'm, uh, I'm really tired of uh, traveling... Uh, <laughs> so I just want to teleport myself somewhere. Okay, uh, that makes sense. And, uh, and flying, just flying, um, seeing the, the world from a bird's eye perspective. Okay. What about okay. you? I'd say invisibility. I have like, I have a little Sherlock Holmes in me. It's like somewhere deep. So I think mm. invisibility would be a good one. So who would you, who would you spy on and why? Oh, I actually don't think it's it's to spy on. I think it's like for others to like not see my my presence. <laughs> okay. I always no, you know. I think it's partially because we spent so many years. Like maybe now, now you're a little different. Like we see you driving in like Teslas all over like the countries <laughs> when you're at a tournament. <laughs> But when you're in a, when you're like somewhat normal and you drive an official transportation <laughs> and everyone and everyone from other cars sees that you're, you know, you're playing the US Open or you're playing Wimbledon or, or yeah. so and so, you know, you're like in the backseat like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's yeah. why I love New York City. I love like being in a in a taxi and I just I look outside and I'm like, oh, like. There's so, thousands of thousands of taxis. So if you had a, a possibility to like just el- eliminate these the 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 successful athlete and brand that Maria Sharapova is recognized around the world, if you could pick a place where you wanna just stroll on the streets and just walk around being free and not recognized, where would that be? Hmm. 
I don't mind. I, I, I don't feel... I feel comfortable where I live. Like I, I've lived, I've had a home in California for, for many years and I feel really um, comfortable and free, even though the other day is like really random, but a paparazzi followed us, which is like, I don't know, completely came out of surprise, but you know, usually it happens once there's like news or something or like when I retired, you know, they, they try to like see what, what I would be up to in the next week. But yeah, I, I've been able to like, even if there are moments that are great moments or tough moments that people, you know, are you they recognize you a little bit more, or they look out for you a little bit more, or they identify with you more. Um, I'm not really shy like away from that. I don't. I think it's, you know, in the last like five to ten years, I've really like I've embraced it. I've embraced the people that come up to you and acknowledge and then say, you know, that wow, like we get to meet you, we've seen you on the TV and we see what you've done for years of your life. And, you know, now we can come up to you and say hello and, you know, wish you luck. And that, I don't mind that. So I wouldn't say there's anywhere, like I feel comfortable when I'm in the United States. Um, You know, Russia's a little bit tougher. Um, You know, New York City is all right. So I'm, I wouldn't shy, I don't shy away from that because I think, Okay. I've realized how this, what you do impacts and inspires so many people. And it's a huge part of, of what we've done. And, and honestly, I never, like, I, I'm growing up, I never thought that way. You know, no one taught me to, to think that way. Mm-hmm. So, so I appreciate it. And I don't, I don't really, I don't hide from it now. That's really nice. I mean, for sure. Uh, it, 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 it just gives you, like, for me personally, I there are times when it just goes over the limit, so to say, when yeah. you just feel like you had enough. Yeah. And you want to Yeah, and, and sometimes dis- it's disappear. just inappropriate. Yeah. But, but, but a lot of times or... when it's, yeah, but a lot of times when it's, when it's nice, is actually you're enjoying the interaction. You're enjoying the fact that you, you know, might have inspired someone. And especially if the kids come up to you, that's my favorite part when they say, you know, I'm looking up to you. You know, I, I love to watch your matches and I like to watch your impre- imp- uh, impersonations of Maria Sharapova or something like that. You know, <laughs> it really fills my heart. <laughs> we got to talk. I, I think you need an update on those because since you did those, my technique has changed. So, yes, I, I think I, the I fans would really appreciate an update when you have time. No big deal. I agree. I agree. I, that's my next project. But okay. speaking, about, speaking about projects, I wanted to ask you this question because... I get this question a lot for also from uh, like athletes in general, tennis players mostly, obviously, but just athletes on, um, you know, we, we talked about it a little bit, reflected on it uh, last night when we talked uh, on the phone. Uh, a lot of athletes have uh, difficulty to understand what is going on in their lives. I mean, especially if you're successful and you're, mm-hmm. you know, you're building an empire in a way, you're building, you're building your brand you're building awareness about around your story of life, of who you are, what you represent, mm-hmm. what you care for. And, um, and I'm not just talking about the financial aspects. There's a lot of different things that are involved, obviously, in the brand. But um, yeah. what would you say are, let's say, because you've done that so, so really beautifully and you're like one of the best examples in sport. How, what would you think are the building blocks of, of a successful brand? And also, do you think that um, for a tennis player or an athlete, doesn't matter, uh, is it 
is it relevant to start really how far ahead should you start thinking about things that you should do post tennis? What right. are the things that you would advise these athletes that would, you, that would make them uh, a successful brands and not just observed as whatever, just a tennis player, something that would allow them to go out from the, from the field right. of sports? Right. I think there's a few parts to that. I think first, or I guess from like a, my own personal journey, it was, I, I wanted to establish this feeling of, of being financially secure like for myself and for my family, because, you know, one of the things that we, we lacked when, especially when we moved to the United States was like finances and the insecurity of not knowing, like, you know, I, I had a coach in California, but I could only like visit him, you know, from Florida to California once in like four months because we just couldn't afford it. So for any athlete, and I know every sport is expensive, you know, the, the investment that you have to put in a sport, um, it will take will take many years like to develop without any return so i think mm. the first part of the journey is establishing this sense of like security financially for yourself and for you know the close ones around you so that you have a good base to build on and and for different people that's a different you know that that's a different amount you know and and it comes from different avenues what we were, you know, I guess smart in, and I don't really love the word brand because it sounds like very official. And one of the things that we did really well within my team was that the things that I was involved in, um, like I was all in, like my, my interests, my passion, my involvement, uh, my relationship, I mean, I think of like all the, the sponsors that I've had, um, like long lasting sponsors, you know, I've been with Evian for 10 years. I've been with Nike since I was 12 years old. And I think of like the, the, the building stones of that. And it didn't start with them, you know, putting millions of dollars in my bank. That's not how, that's not how things happen in life. It's not realistic. Um, you know, it starts with understanding what, what do you both need? How do you work? How much time of mine? Do you understand my priority? Do you understand how I work? Um, and with that, you build like these strong, you know, the, within a company like Nike, you have hundreds of executives, right? So you get to know one and lease to another. Yeah, you do one project within like a sportswear team, you know, that could maybe pot potentially help you with something else. So after learning those goals, you, you establish relationships and, and relationships are very authentic because you learn so much about each other and you understand yeah. if, what that really means. And, and maybe, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but based on your experience, but relationships have helped me tremendously. And then I think of, you know, like the deal making um, has really transitioned in the last few years for me because I'm actually more excited about investing in like young and up and coming brands, which, um, you know, whether it's technology, whether it's like the health and wellness space, you know, people that have brilliant ideas, you know, have great, um, great skills, maybe don't have the finances yet, don't have the connections or the networking. Like I'm really passionate about helping them grow. Yeah. And I'm still, you know, I had, I've had Sugar Pova for the last eight years and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm learning so much about like business through that. And, you know, in the beginning it was a very expensive hobby, you know, I didn't have any like particular goals with it. You know, now I'm, 
now I consider myself like savvy in, 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 in this area because I understand what deal making is. I make deals myself. You know, I don't um, I don't rely on agents anymore, maybe to do things for me. So it and all that is about growth. You know, when you're young, you can't make those decisions for yourself. You have to have the right people. You know, my parents were like incredible and, and, and witty and smart and, and made right decisions for me which I realize I recognize is, is very fortunate. That's, that's beautifully, beautifully said. Thanks for explaining that. I, I mean, I was watching your documentary a few, few years ago. Was it 2017? Um, <laughs> and, uh, and also your, uh, your book, Unstoppable. I think, I think that's where like, you, you've allowed people to, to, to come closer to you even more. I think you've... That's the power of documentaries and power of the, mm. of the book is that you really go deep and you, you reveal certain things that haven't been really revealed for, for many years throughout your yeah. career. I think that was really nice because that, that allowed you to express yourself even, you know, I think even more and allowed also people from, let's say, brands from our companies or you know, individuals that come up with some ideas that really never knew, that never understood you in certain way, in that way, they right. got, they felt like they felt like they know you better, so they feel like they can approach you more for a right. specific thing that is not related to tennis. So I, that's why I always, when I talk with with athletes and we talk about the brand, and I agree with you that the word sounds a little bit formal, but I feel like brand is is it's it's like translated into story. Mm -hmm. It's a journey, right? Everyone has their original, authentic story. So I just right. feel like regardless of the fact that you are, you know, uh, coming from maybe uh, not a, a, a developed Western country, whatever it is, everyone has the story regardless of the ranking, regardless of where they're coming from. And I feel like um, there's just maybe not enough uh, maybe decisiveness or courage to take the step into unknown and really tell that story and be bold mm. about it. Why not? Yeah. You know, and, 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 and well, I think present when yourself it comes, in a way that... I think when it comes to, to athletes and, and uh, like the financial and then the business side of things, I think it's a side that like from an athlete's perspective, we we'll, we like to be part of what we know of. Like we, we know sport and we know that craft and we want to grow it. But I feel like when there are things that we're not quite familiar with or we're not as good as, we put it like on the back burner. And for many athletes, you know, that, that, mm. that means putting people in place that don't have your best interest and that end up utilizing your, you know, your wealth and your fame to their advantage. And I think that's, I mean, it's, it's incredibly sad. But I'd say if anything, mm. like there's, you know, make sure you know, like, Make sure you know what your bank account looks like. You know where your investments are going. Make sure you know how your portfolio is performing. All those things that we might seem, okay, we don't know, like, what does this mean? We have other people. No, like, take it into your hands. You know, don't be, don't be afraid to make the mistake, but at least you make it. You know, don't let other people make it for you. Absolutely. I, I agree with that 100%. I think uh, everyone should have um, essential knowledge of understanding the financial because we live in a 
in, in, in this financial world. And, and of course, once you're and a successful athlete and you're competing on a certain stage, once the, 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 the numbers start growing on your bank account, of course you feel great, you feel more liberated, but then right. many, unfortunately, in my experience, majority of athletes really don't have any idea of what is going on with their portfolio, with their investments, with their P&Ls. And so, uh, so I, I, I think that's a really good message. Take the matter in your own hands, and really, yeah. if, you, if you don't want to blame someone else or if you don't want someone else controlling your life, just do it today, you know? Go, yeah. go, into, go online, take books, take a mentorship program, whatever it is. You can always yeah. find ways these days to, to learn. There's so many different channels. So, um, so do you want to, do you want, I, uh, maybe I'll switch on the comments right yeah. now and I'm going to ask everyone watching. Let everyone back in. There we go. We'll go. <laughs> Yeah, we <laughs> we'll we'll wrap this, this up. This is by uh, far the to... longest Instagram live I've ever done. <laughs> Not I that know, I've done so no. many, but <laughs> I I feel privileged. I do feel privileged. Um, okay, so this, this is a this is a very good <laughs> question um, coming from a profile called Alvern fourteen uh, Maria. If Novak uh, um, would do an auto autobiography, what should be the title? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, yeah. Oh my goodness. I have a few, but I have to run them by you first. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Let's don't delay think this. Like, <laughs> um okay, well I think much of it will, I mean, you have to play up to all your strength and, and strengths. And there are many, um, but like that have to do with grit and perseverance. And I think there's a nice, um, I actually, when I was writing a book and, and I don't know how this applies to you, but I felt like so young to be writing one and I wanted it to be called, um, to be continued because it's okay. like, you know, you're writing an autobiography, you're in your thirties and you want your life to continue. And they're like, no, you're already talking about the future. You got to talk about like now, like what you are, the, the, the years behind you, not the years in front of you. So, of course, that was a tricky one that caught me off guard. I'll, I'll have to we'll have to report back. Um, so I have uh, another one from Sophie uh, question, Maria. And I mean, for both of us, what were uh, what is the um, the most inspiring uh, documentary or movie that you have seen in your oh, life? Wow. I thought, um, I mean, I think it, I've mm. seen it since, since he's passed away. I love the way it was shot and I actually got to know the producers um, in the last few months that, that did it. And they said that that was like the third version of the documentary. They such a perfectionist that they had two versions and he was like, I'm not happy with this. I'm going to make this even better. Um, and he was just such a, an inspiring and special individual. And I thought it, I thought it did a really good job of just capturing like how competitive he was and how relentless he was. And, and I want, like, when it ended, I wanted more. Mm. 
How yeah, it's you? it's uh, same same. Absolutely, Muse was uh, I, you know, had that uh, privilege to know Kobe uh, personally, you know, over the years, and uh, have have a, a relationship with him and. He was definitely one of the the mentors that I had in my life, and he was yeah. really there for me when I was experiencing uh, an injury and coming back. And I, I, you know, seek for an advice, and you know, just from people that have been there that understand uh, what you're going through. And he was he was truly a special person. So yeah. that that was very um, there's very profound documentary. Absolutely. Uh, I oh, the other one that uh, that I really liked. Um, I, I don't think you probably didn't watch it. It was called. Um, it was it was aired on HBO, and uh, uh, it was uh, it's called Once Brothers, and okay. it was it, uh, about two um, basketball players uh, from our region, uh, Vlade Divac from Serbia and Dražan oh, okay. Petrović from Croatia. And um, and HBO did this series with uh, with Vlade because uh, Dražen Petrović was arguably the the greatest basketball player ever to live in ex Yugoslavian region, and uh, he died in um, car crash. Um, uh, I think I, I can't remember the year exactly, but it was kind of a long time ago, more than more than twenty years ago. Right. And uh, and he was playing in the NBA, and he was. Uh, he won silver with Croatia in Olympic Games, playing against the uh, Dream Team in '92 with Jordan and everyone. Um, and him and Vladi Divac were very, very close. Vladi was Serbian basketball player, playing in NBA in Lakers, um, and they were uh, literally inseparable, uh, very, very close. And, I'll have uh, to watch were, that. They were roommates, and then unfortunately, uh, war happened. And Yugoslavia. You're basically giving the entire documentary away. Like, we can go and watch this, right? <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I mean... I'm just like, I was very inspired by that. So I just, <laughs> anyway, everyone should watch One's Brothers for sure. Yeah, are um, these, is this how your all your interviews go? You just like keep talking? Uh, I Sorry, I did not tell you at the beginning, but I my, my interviews last for two hours. So we have another 47 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. Okay, so we are we are wrapping this up. We're wrapping this up. Um let me let me go through a last question and okay. um, last question I promise and then we'll we'll finish. Um we have some uh, questions in Russian here. Oba говорить на русском. Я по-русски, я понимаю, You probably understand more than I do these days. That's not true, but uh, uh, are you, uh, um, so Maria Ryan is asking questions. Are you as flexible as Novak is? Oh, definitely not. <laughs> definitely not. <laughs> I'm, I mean, no. But I did. Are you working on your flexibilities these days? Flexibility these days. It's okay. I mean, like you set such a high standard that you know, and you must be like in your sleep with like your leg up, like exactly like, stretching. Exactly. <laughs> no, I um, I used to when I was younger. I did gymnastics for a few years, um, as part of like my training for for tennis, and then I I wasn't like very tall then, and I stopped. Funny enough, I stopped growing. So my parents were like, get her out of that. Um, because my, my parents really like, you know, thought that I, they 
preferred that I was taller than I was shorter for my sport. So they got me out of gymnastics and um, took me to boxing where I don't think that's <laughs> like the great, opposite. What a great switch. I know the opposite of flexibility. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it gave you a nice balance between the two, right? Yeah. I, I had a good, um, I love boxing. Do you do any boxing? Uh, I, I do occasionally. Um, I mean, when do you wife, have time? With my wife. You probably don't have any time. We do a lot of boxing. <laughs> I mean, between stretching and the diet and the tree hugging yeah. and the meditation. Exactly. Yeah. Well, well, how about this? The next time we do, we do a live, we'll, we can hug a tree together. And I would we'll love that. Talk about I, I would love, I would. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> we'll stop right there. Thank you, yeah, Maria. It's a good, thank you so it's much. It's a good place to start to stop. Um, but thank yeah. you. This is uh, lots of fun and um, nice yes. to feel like I. It felt like I came out of retirement for like an hour. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, at least we can have a nice, friendly hit in California next time we're okay. there. Okay. Oh yeah, I, I would actually really like that. So yes. Okay, Definitely. thank you, Maria. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. For... Thanks, everyone, for joining us. Appreciate it. Ciao, Have Maria. Thanks. Say hello Bye. to everyone. Bye. <laughs> There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station.